I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. Jason, you are joining me again this week. I wanted to slightly put that very differently to, to the way we do before, in the sense that I normally just give you the same intro and uh, you normally give me the same answer. So if you can give me a different answer as well, that'd be great. Uh, Marvellous, Tom. How are you? <laughs> His is not pre-recorded. That is actually exactly how he says it on prompt every time. Um, all good, mate. All good. It's uh, We had a week off last week. Um, we're back in the back in the saddle, if you like. Um, the DP World Tour isn't off to the best of starts, is it? Um, but uh, these are the circumstances we've been dealt this year. Yeah, it was an absolute mess last week, wasn't it? Justin Harding didn't uh, hide his disappointment at the uh, situation. There was lots that went wrong last week. Don't bother even go over it. Uh, Harding couldn't work out why they did sort of at least finish 54 holes, and quite frankly, nor can I. They had a day and a half to complete what, 14, 14 yep. holes, something like that. Can't, can't work it out myself. But, you know, I would have thought if they're going to cancel it, then they'd call it all off um, after what's been happening. Um, bizarre situation. But finally, Thrishton Lawrence, who's promised so much and, and, you know, was the future of uh, South African golf um, five or six years ago. Um, got his win, whether he would have won or not. I've got to be honest, I doubt. Um, but he's got it, so yeah, good, you know, fair play to him. He's, uh, yeah, bat time, and um, you know, we'll see what goes on from here. I think, I think that was the thing for me is that like, I doubt he would have won as well. Like, regardless of how far ahead he was, he had some decent company going up behind him. He had Lombard, he had Norris, Chester's obviously played well on and off during the European Tour season. Lacroix has been good on the Challenge Tour, so he had some chases. But regardless, he just didn't have a chance. To prove that he could have done it, like he could have won it by ten shots, couldn't he? And, and you know, it's irrelevant. But he will never know now. He'll never know what it felt like to be in with the lead, even a fifty-four hole round. Like he he went out there on Saturday for to start his first round, a third round. I think he bogeyed the first hole and then it got called off. So, yeah, it's it's tough. I don't think it does him any sort of service, really. I don't think. It certainly doesn't do the rest of the field any service. There's three guys now that have managed to get qualification into the Open for 36 holes on a pretty rough golf course. The greens look pretty shoddy as well. So obviously, you know they've been they were dealt a tough hand. It's not something that you, you know, the whole situation has been unprecedented. But it did feel like it was dealt with pretty poorly. Like they had a like you say a day and a half to get out there. They might as well finish off the round of golf and at least made it a 54 hole event. Or like you say, just called it before the 36 hole decision because there wasn't really it was on and off even for the 36 holes wasn't it the, the weather delays and lightning and god knows what else like there was never any sort of flow to the tournament whatsoever was there no no it's uh yeah it was a weird thing it was a bit of a mess but um there we are yeah i, I, I think norris had to go close with his experience surrounded by by non-winners or you know fellas that certainly struggle in contention at the time but there we are it wasn't and, and there we are you probably put a line through that um but well played you know you had to get you had to get to 12 and he got to 12 didn't he so um yeah i mean inevitably he put him he put himself in a, in a really good position regardless so had it gone it was another two holes yeah you, two, you, it was a mess and they would have been all asked about you know what was going on with 
with the pandemic situation and, and this and that. So, yeah, it, it wasn't ideal. Um, I, like I say, I think you can just put a line through it and, and not worry about it. But yeah. Yeah, I wonder how you feel as a player. You know, I, I, obviously, you know, you get the trophy and you get the money. And, and but I just wonder how you feel knowing that you've only played 36 over two and a half days. Um, yeah, it was stopped short. It's just... Don't matter, does it? That's the way it was. I do feel sorry for Saturday because this this swing is, you know, those three tournaments are fantastic. Oh, they're um, excellent. Yeah, yeah. And they get progressively better as they go through the three weeks. But now the fields have all changed, and um, hey ho, that's the way it goes. It's just trying to get back there as well, isn't it? During the busy schedule next year, like I can't see where they're going to fit those three events in again. Um, you know, people like Tony Johnston, obviously in commentary, very excited to go there, and has, has basically lost his little swing that he's. He's, you know, loves going to, and you say like the players, you know, that the 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 bulk of the Sunshine Tour players that get a chance to step up in quality, earn some more ranking points, earn a bigger purse, you know, perform against better competition, uh, suddenly get, you know, lose that opportunity. So I think, like you say, I think, you know, Alistair in Lawrenceville, probably not great. I think, you know, yes, he's probably delighted he's going to the Open Championship. He's delighted he's won a tournament, but, um, you know, I don't think he's learned anything. I don't think he's learned anything about himself finishing off after 36 holes which is uh you know one of the more important parts of winning is, is knowing how you cope with different things so like you say I, i'm not going to hear and speculate that he wouldn't have won you know we can have our opinion that that possibly he wouldn't have done you know 36 hole leader records aren't great on on the european tour by anybody are they so it's, it's not just him but uh yeah it, it's tough you, you would have wanted to see how the likes of harding would have shot up the field and, and done stuff as well so I didn't really have any runners in the mix, so it didn't really it didn't really bother me. I was kind of playing my way out of it. I think there was a couple making a little bit of a charge, and Blau was doing okay and, and things like that. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't really a, a top week for me anyway. So not too concerned. On uh, on a completely different note, there's just been an interview come out. I haven't actually watched the video of it yet. It was with uh, Henny Koyak on uh, Golf Digest with Tiger Woods. He's uh, virtually resigned to the fact now of what we all really knew um, that he was basically going to have to play a limited schedule for the rest of his life um, he's basically suggested it's going to be akin to, to what Ben Hogan did uh, later in his career just play you know four, five, six, seven, eight events whatever a year you know it's, it's, it's obviously going to be the four majors and then what you can fit in between that I guess a Bay Hill or Memorial or whatever um, I suppose it's sad you know it's, it's an end of a chapter you know they're, they're, all the time it still hasn't been written off people are still you know dream that he's going to come back and win another major championship um when people saw him hitting those shots last week everyone sort of said that's the best he swung it in years and i think people just like to get very excited but you know it, it is quite sobering but i think in other ways it's quite nice that he's kind of made peace with that i think you know he was going to eventually have to make peace with that and he was going to either get old and not be able to compete anymore or this is going to force him aside and i think he said that he had to climb everest once one more time after the back fusion and he doesn't need to do that anymore so it, it, was, it was pretty nice i think he's going to divulge a lot of attention to charlie now yeah, uh, yeah. on his career i think he, he read somewhere about him and justin thomas and, and the, the families themselves being very close that that charlie was basically a little brother that jt never had and that that tiger was the older brother that JT never had or something along those lines um so that was that was nice they obviously got on very very well as we've seen in the past so it, it seems it's obviously sad in one sense but there seems to be a lot of positive and 
and peace made with Tiger Woods at the moment. Yeah, you know, let's, um, you know, you don't want to forget what he's done, and uh, I think the longer he goes on and struggles, it's you won't forget it, but it's not a great end. So yeah, fair play. He's, a, he's said what he said, and like you say, it's not been the same for a long, long time. Um, and why should he have been? To be yeah. honest with you, he's never let him go down as, as the greatest, and uh, you know, let's not spoil that. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'd rather see him bow out with, you know, not necessarily with injury troubles, but bow out knowing that he can't come back rather than him trying to hack his way around a golf course and shoot an 80 yeah. and 85 and, you know, that memory's being tarnished. So best of luck to Tiger in, in, in the future. He's going to be there at the Hero World Challenge this week as the host. Uh, many didn't know if he'd actually be there or whether it was just his tournament, but... He has confirmed he'll be there. He's doing a press conference tomorrow, so that'd be great to see. The first one since his uh, since his accident last year. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what it is. But on to the Hero World Challenge, Jason. No, you know, no further ado. Is uh, that what we're doing first, then? Okay. That, that's that's what we're going with first. <laughs> the, the, the Hero World Challenge. Um, Rory McIlroy is a fifteen to two favourite. Colin Morikawa is eight to one. Justin Thomas is ten to one. Victor Hovland, 11s, Bryson and Jordan Spieth, 12s. Um, if I go any further, we'll obviously name the whole field, so I'll stop there for now. But it's only 20, isn't it? It's not like there every is. week where we, where we, you know, we used to 150. So. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, we could go one by one this time around. But uh, look, I think you were probably the same as me, uh, judging by messages and things like that, that. Of those, I guess Colin Morikawa would be the standout selection if, if you're going to take this off the market. Yeah, I, I I can't believe he's not clear favourite, to be honest. Um, there we are, what do we know? Um, yeah, look, we know what we're getting. Ernie Els designed it. We slightly slightly disagreed. I think Royal Melbourne has a, has a, a lot to play in it, and therefore you have the sort of linksy um, type wide. I mean, it's wide, so, I mean, it's, um, it, you know, but does that matter? We saw him in the Open when it was... Uh, and in effect, the fairways are reasonably wide and uh, yeah. there was no real, real problems. I mean, the only defence here is going to be the wind, isn't it? And it's not going to, it's not going to kick up much. Um, it, he's the best player from tee to green in the world. His pattern is getting better. Um, you know, you can see how he's ranking, you know, his, his stats at the DP, which, as you rightly have mentioned loads of time on Twitter, um, that works perfectly well. For yeah. this, it's a top-grade event, limited field, um, you know, fifth in actually, seventh greens, first in scrambling. Well, you know, he doesn't have to scramble that much these days. <laughs> no, that's probably um, why he's first. He only does it about twice a week. But... Yeah, he's found he's found strokes, um, you know, uh, in his last two uh, putting at the CJ Cup and the DP Worlds. It's all in the tips. It's Colin Morikawa. I mean, end of the day, for me, he's the best player in the world. Um, and he's clean and... Uh, yeah, you know, we'll discuss sort of player of the year, I think, in our next show. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, he's... The word I'm looking for is clean. I think he's a clean player. I don't think there's anything... Uh, you know, there's no doubts about him. There was, on obviously, on the greens. Um, I think we're almost convinced that, that, you know, what do you want off a player like that? We've said it a thousand times, but if he was top 10 ranked on the greens... He, he He'd just, be unbeatable, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, he's just outstanding. Um, he walks through the DP Worlds exactly. I mean, it's very, very similar to, to I thought what Fitzpatrick did last year. And obviously, in, in 
contrasting ways. Um, in that he was just there, and, and as others failed, he just becomes stronger and stronger. Um, you know, Rory then got desperate, as we know, as I'll go over it. Um, he's brilliant, Morikawa, and uh, yeah, he deserves to be favourite. And, and I'm not saying you can back somebody at 15 to 2 or whatever, 8 to 1, but it's a 20 runner field that I think certainly I can cross five or six out. So, what price What price do you want to make him? I, I'd have him over Rory anyway, personally. I, I, I would bet him at 8 to 1 in this field. Uh, there is, I haven't really got any problem. I think, you know, we're very reluctant about single digit golfers in full field events and maybe even 50, 60 field events. But when they're 20, I don't really care. Like you say, you can take six or seven out of it, maybe. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd quite happily back him at eight to one. I think I think if I was someone that was likely to back someone at single figures, he would be the one. Um, I can see that. I can see the appeal for Rory in the sense that um, you know he's clearly back to that kind of form. I think that this tournament doesn't mean the same as what the DP World would have done, so he maybe doesn't capitulate down the back nine or, or whatever. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think that. It's quite telling he hasn't played here before. Would be my only. Yeah, what thing. what puts him as as I mean, what puts him as favourite over Morikawa? I don't get. I mean, I'm not knocking knocking the price. You know, I, I just don't get what puts him as favourite. I don't get it. It's just, it's just a mark. It's just how many people want to bet Rory McIlroy, isn't it? They know they're going to take bets on Rory, whatever, whatever price he is, and people have to pay the premium for that just to bet him. But it's strange. I mean, I personally wouldn't have. Bryson DeChambeau at 12 to 1 either. I don't know why, oh, quite terrible. why he's so oh, short. That's terrible, isn't it? That really is shocking. And I know, I, I looked at his course form and it's pretty uninspiring here, isn't it? But obviously he's a different player, so maybe they're thinking he's going to take advantage of those five, five par fives, but he's still got to play all the other holes that are on there that, that he wasn't very good at in the two visits. So. You know, and, and to come off what was, okay, an irrelevant, but potentially quite demoralising match the other day, you you can't shake that off. I mean, well, I think I think whatever... it's telling, isn't it, that that like you say, you know, regardless of whether it, whether it matters or not, he he's played. He hasn't even played the twelve holes, by the way, and then he's got absolutely destroyed, showing that he hasn't got his game there. Uh, it's, it's, um, yeah, I, I, well, we'll see. Uh, yeah. I, 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 that's it. I can't. I can't really say anymore. I, I. 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 Bizarrely, I actually. The way I say wanted. That's inverted commas. I wanted him to beat Brooks. Kepka hmm. in the match. I don't care. Um, and I thought it was just the crappiest idea ever. Um, you know, I can think of far more entertaining matches. Uh, but it wasn't about that, was it? It was about money, and it was about TV, and that was it. Um, but the fact that, and, and I agree. I think. I think Bryson DeChambeau at 12s and Brooks Kepka, who we know only turns up when it, you know, when it matters. Whether I don't fancy any of them, but I don't understand why Kepka's 10 points bigger than than uh, DeChambeau. No, that's it. Not after we've just seen. Um, you know, I think I think of of the top, Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland make the most obvious appeals. Um, Justin Thomas has obviously come into his own, and and the one thing I would say about Justin Thomas, he seems to have found form right at the end of the year, which is kind of counted for nothing because he hasn't got a win out of it I think he had three top fours in his last five events or whatever it was um, but you know he hasn't converted any of them to a victory and and, and now winning this is not 
not really relevant, is it? You know, that, that third in Mexico was his third top four in five starts. And yes, he appears to be finishing it strong. He's got his punch stroke back a little bit, but he needed that during the majors all season. Um, he needed that during the bigger events all season. I know he won the players, obviously, back in March. Um, the, o- the only thing I could possibly see is if you believe in motivation, does he want to go and win Tiger's event while Tiger's there? Um, as, as their best friends, you know, at 10 to 1, I can't be bothered to, to figure out if that is the case or not. Um, he's played it three times, he's not finished better than fifth, you know, that, and that sounds like oh, fifth is not good enough, but it's out of 20 people, so he hasn't really contended since he's played here in three three events, and I think he's probably been better formed the two times that he's come here before. So, I don't know, I think it's. I think it's a, I think it's a tough one. I I just the approach to this, which I think everyone's probably taken, um, was just to look as far down the market as you could and, and find people that that had motivation to win the event uh, and made obvious appeal. Yeah, I, I, it, it's like it, as you rightly say, it's very very difficult. They come off a break, um, they go into a break virtually after the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, it's just it is a it's pointless. It's completely pointless. It's basically unofficial. Yeah. Although obviously the world the world rankings count, uh, world points count. It's it's just ridiculous. I it, look. I think that personally the whole schedule is ridiculous. I think shoving four majors in a space of three months, whatever it is, is ridiculous. When you can you can quite clearly space them out properly. Um, not saying you can necessarily go obviously as late as December. Yeah. But you know we used to have the PGA late in the year. Um, and you're just asking people to peak too early in the year, and then and then it sort of finishes and and it plods on until you've got various important events. So I just, I find the whole schedule very very bizarre, and this is just it's basically the match, but for eight uh, twenty players, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, no, I completely it's, agree. It's just, I mean, it will be good, it will be great, but like you say, you know, where's the determination? I don't know. What's the point? These people don't. Okay, you look at people like Sam Burns, for example. Sam Burns, yes, I can see the motivation there. Scotty Scheffler, obviously, that that fancy at all. Uh, perhaps Fee now and that, um, and obviously we're going to discuss a few further down. But yeah. you know the likes of, I mean, Patrick Reed's been backed from what forties to twenty oh, fives. He's playing like a dog. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, well, I get it because, uh, but I, you know, unless it's going to be. We all agree, I think, that Reed now is, is you know, is a player. He's a bit, you know, he's like Bears, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I appreciate his course form, but unless it gets difficult, he's not going to beat these people. He's just not going to do it. Um, and, I, and I can't see in his current form what the motivation is. Well, um, and I think I think that's the, the nail on the head is that when he last played here, when he went so close, when he finished third, he was trying. Well, he, he'd got on the bright, he got on the President's Cup team, hadn't he? But he was a he was a contentious selection, shall we say, and, and he was trying to prove his worth and, you know, showed to Tiger Woods that he made the right decision and he needed some form going into Melbourne um, and got that, right? But he's now had a really, really tough year since Tory, let's say. Um, you know, struggled for a large majority of it. It's been unwell, has had injury problems, etc. Had that second at Bermuda and we said, is that an indicator that he's over those problems or... Was it because half the field were wiped out before they could even begin because of the, the draw? And, and that's what it was, really. You know, he he played well in tough conditions, like you just referenced to. If, if that if they came about, then yes, maybe he could uh, contend. But 
they're not going to be that severe. It's always going to be around 20 under par. And, he, and he's just not playing to that level. I mean, my temptation was just to take the bottom three players in the market. And he's yeah. obviously one of those. Um, and if anyone does that, then then absolutely fine. Because I don't, I don't think you need to, to dive in on favourites. There's a lot of middling players that have got you know large doubts about them. And I think the the thing you said about the world ranking points you alluded to there was what was one of my main focuses. So Henry Stenson was 42nd in the world rankings when he won this uh, 2019. He was in pretty dire form. He just well I say dire, it's a bit strong, but he was he was 44th in the DP world out of 60 players, 17th in the Ned Bank out of 60 players, um, 20th in the in the WGC out of 60 something players. I think actually there was only 50 players at the at the DP World Tour. So he was playing limited events and not having great results. He was 42nd that week. So he was in danger of dropping out of the top 50. All of a sudden, wins are pretty much a jolly up. He'd already finished second in. And goes up into 26th in the world. And because of that, he, all his consequentially terrible form that's followed that, he's managed to, to stay... You know, relatively relevant in the world rankings. Okay, he's now 171st coming into this week, but he would have been a lot worse off if it wasn't for that. And I think there's some players as we'll come on to that that have got similar similar needs. Um, and I think that is a massive factor. Like, what does what does winning this event do for Daniel Berger? Like, Daniel Berger hasn't played for eight weeks, so he's he's not cared about playing any event during the full season. Um, not played since the Tour Championship, all of a sudden is going to turn up to this. Like I know he's the type of player that plays all right off of a bit of a break, but where does the motivation lie? Well, I know Abraham Anson get into the top ten in the world, but that's with a win, which you know isn't you know a given. So there's, I think like you said, there was there was Scotty Scheffler. I think he's got a he's got a win. This doesn't count as a PJ Tour win, but at least he can say right, I've gone toe to toe with. More a cow down the stretch on one, like that would be huge. So I think there's a lot of motivation for him, but like you, I don't really fancy his chances. It's just the motivation, and then and then I've just got people further down the uh, further down the odds board. But I've done a whole article on everyone's chances, and written two or three lines about that on Oddschecker. So I'm not going to go over all of those. I'll let you dive into what you want to say, and then I'll uh, follow you up. Well, I like the. Um... I like the Australian link, the Royal yeah. Melbourne link, um, personally. Um, I agree with you. There's the Phoenix link, etc. Yeah. Um, it, it all makes perfect sense. Um, Hovland was 13th in the Australian Open back in 2018. Winner there was Answer. Uh, I actually really liked Answer in this sort of tournament. Yeah. Um, it was five down with Mark Leishman, uh, with uh, I think after seven. In, his, in a singles match, uh, in a uh, football, I think it was, 2019 President's Cup, went and tied it, and then he beat Tiger, three and two. Now, um, I like answering these sort of conditions, obviously, his heritage, etc. You know, there's no harm here as well. Um, won the Australian Open, I think, by five in 2018. Um, there's a lot There's a lot there that I like about it, but again, it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it's... Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. But Jordan Spieth, I thought, again, Australian form is absolutely outstanding. Um, outstanding form. Well, very good form here. Obviously, one when it's a, a different course. He looks as though he's coming back to his best. Again, we, we're looking at prices because we're looking at these in the full field. We're only, we're only talking 20 players. Um, 
yeah, look, you, you've got each way first five. Um, or first six, is it? In No, first five. No, that's five, yeah. yeah there, there, is, five, there is one firm gone six, which is pretty wild. Boyle Sports. I think if we agree that Harris English is, is gone at the game at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we don't fancy Fitzgerald. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, I can't see I definitely see don't it. fancy Fitzgerald. Yeah, don't fancy. Right, we don't fancy Fitzgerald. <laughs> oh, sorry, Fitzpatrick, <laughs> yeah. Don't fancy Fitzpatrick. English has gone at the game. Don't see it for Tyrrell Hatton. Brooks, we're not sure about whether he wants to come or not. Uh, Daniel Berger, we don't like. I mean, we're, we're now starting to... Bryson, we don't like. Yeah? yeah. We're now talking... We've already knocked off, what, five or six? Yeah. Uh, so now we're talking a 15-man field. Uh, Victor Hovland, I think you've got to respect. I mean, his improvement is... You, you can... Uh, I'm not saying he can be Colin Morikawa, but you can see that type of player coming to the fore at some point. Uh, but he isn't Colin McCart at the moment, and he's only two points bigger. Uh, Xander loves a no-cut small field event. Uh, but that, but that's a, that's a narrative right now at this stage, isn't it, Xander? Because I, I kind of wrote that, that everyone will like betting on him because he loves these short field no-cut events. But that's only relevant if it lasts, right? And well, he's going to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 obviously going to... We know he's going to win the Masters next year, so... Um, <laughs> You know, but again, he's got he's got. You know, well, it's true, isn't it? At the end of the day, he turns up at certain courses, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I've got a feel. I mean, he won the century, didn't he, in uh, 2019, which is reasonably relevant, I suppose. But then, these are like some of the best players in the world, so it isn't you can always pick out their form that's going to be relevant. Um, you know, he went three two zero at that singles back in the President Cup. But I ended up, I was talking earlier, and I ended up and I thought, you know, I'm going to leave the win market alone. We don't fancy at least five of these, maybe maybe six, seven. Leaves a 13-man field. And my bet has been uh, Justin Rose finishing the top 10, yeah. uh, 11-8 to with one firm. You're a big Rosie fan. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's proven he can do it. 10th at the Wyndham, I know, again, has sort of correlations if you want to have a look at it. But that's fine. Tenth at Wyndham fits perfectly well here. Sixth at Wentworth, which is obviously perfect. Um, came back to form. Twelfth at the RSM. I think you make a good point. Your book ended with two sixty fives. Mm-hmm. His form here. You know, what do you want? Three top fives in a row. Uh, he lives here. He's been practicing here. He's taking pretty photos of him playing golf on the beach here. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't like six of them, and Justin Rose has a, a home game, and he's in form. And he's got a, still, he's got a, a very, you know, a good quality short game. When it matters, he was patting well last time. Top 10, 11 to 8 in a 20-man field is, uh, I thought that was wrong. That sticks out. I think um, there was a bit of odds on in most places. And Skybet went 11 to 8. And um, for me, that's uh, that's the only bet I can have. I mean, I could bet five or six of these and it probably couples about 74. Hmm. So if all I've got to do is finish on the front page of a 20-man field at 11 to 8, that's the only bet I'm having. Yeah, and and to be fair, I put the Rose Lives on the complex, and to, to add to that slightly, he did move his family back to London most of the year, but I think yeah. he must still spend the winters here. He practices here, lives on the complex. Like you say, he's been putting videos up with all the practices he's been getting in. Um, but as I referenced earlier with Justin Rose, I think he's very much like the Henry Stenson situation. Uh, in terms of the world rankings, like was he? I think he's 47th in the world right now, Justin Rose. Yeah, just um, yeah. you know it's tough. Like he, he, if he has a bad week here, he's dropping outside the top 50. Like if he has a good week here, he's dropping inside the top 
20, 25, I don't know how to, quite how the world rankings work, but he's going to catapult up. Um, and and I, I just think that, like you say, about the, the RSM, you obviously finished with a 65 there, um, opened up 67. And then Demaya Koba, like he, on the face of it, looked like he had a pretty terrible week, but shot a 67 to open up, never shot worse than 70. CJ Cup, like even worse, he was, what was he, 57th out of 78 players, but again, opened with a 75, shot a second round 65. And then had two 70s, uh, two 69 and eight, 68, sorry, broke 70 both times over the weekend. I just think the form is slightly better than, than it appears. Like that RSM, like he was one shot outside the top 10, three shots outside the top four. And I, and I it's all lives and butts, and if someone else shot 10 shots less, they'd be in the lead. But it's not quite that with Justin Rose. It was a shot around, uh, with, you know, between him and, and finishing the top three. And, you know, a player of his quality on a golf course like this, where there's not going to be any pressure, there's going to be half the field not motivated, six or seven we've already said we don't like. Um, yeah, I really like it. I, I think he's great. I think he's my favourite outright bet. Um, I don't quite understand why he's the odds that he is. Um, I know that he's not on paper in the best of form, but that price suggests to me that Justin Rose can't win again. And I think I think that's a bit bizarre. Like we just mentioned, that Harris English is basically gone at the moment. Um, I think that's down to his putter change at the putter grip change at the Ryder Cup. You know, he's had that for however many years on tour and got it taken away from him, and, and he's clearly not been able to deal with it since. Um, Justin Rose is playing fine. Like the, the the one thing about Fitzpatrick, who's next to in the market, is how you view his form, right? So he was. First and second, his last two starts on the DP World Tour, European Tour, whatever you want to call it. And he's been pretty average in America. I mean, he was favourite, wasn't he, in Bermuda and did nothing. So it all depends how you value it. I think the course, you know, although I think you can get a shorter hitter win here, as I'm, as I'm going to allude to later on, I, I do think that he doesn't quite have the game to take advantage of the par fives like the others do. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy him. Tyrrell Hatton's just been up and down all season. I can't see that he's going to suddenly get up for this. But yeah. the same logic we just applied to, to Rose and, and, and Reed and people are applying logic to. I'll just take Stenson as, as literally the, the biggest ranked player in the field, um, biggest odds player in the field, because like, who is more motivated than Henrik Stenson to win the golf tournament? Like, I know he's been there, he's done it, he's you know in his 40s, what does it really matter? But he was... Fourth and third at the Czech Masters and, and Kranz, and he was 15th at the Italian Open, 30th at the Wentworth. He had two missed cuts, obviously, on the PGA Tour since. But he wasn't in good form when he won this last time. Like, he was in atrocious form, really, for, for Henry Stenson. He's gone second, 17th, fourth and first here. And even when he was fourth the two years before, he was the 54-hole leader. Like, he just... He generally lives inside the top three or four on his golf course. So... Him and Rose get off to a nice start at the start of the week. I'll, I'll take a chance. You can get hundreds of one of the exchange that Stenson's going to win in the Tony Man field. Like no yes. one thought he could it last time. It just doesn't. I don't even. I don't even particularly fancy him. If it was another tournament, I wouldn't bet him. But it it just strikes me as someone that like if he gets involved, like if he gets in the mix, he's going to be well up for it. Whereas if Tony Finau gets in the mix, he might try and you know change things with his putter to try and get a new putter show. Whatever. Like that's what the other people are here for. Like Bryson, two top 15s this event out of twenty out of 18 people at the time. 12th and 15th. 
It's ridiculous. Berger, 14th on his on his debut out of 18 people. Never broke 70. Kepka, 7th, 13th, 18th. You know, literally dead last of last time he played here. Why Why do they care? They don't. Xander Shoffley doesn't really care. So, I said to you earlier about Jordan Spieth. He can go one or two ways with the new baby. He's either got mm. no sleep or he's really elated and wants to win a golf tournament. You just don't yeah, know, I, do you? No, I mean, I, I, I think Spieth will be he'll have a good year this year. Um, I do. But, yeah, like you say, like you say, there's ifs and buts about everybody that, what you know, why... I think really the the, the the main one. I mean, it has to be Morikawa, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, um, I, it just sounds bizarre. You know, I'm not sure it matters how much he wants to win. He's he's just good, and this course. But you Ta- get, you talent know, just takes over, doesn't it? Whoever he wants to win or not, he might just stumble over the line. He's that good. Yeah. So just leave him alone. You know, mm. you've got like I say, you've you've got enough there. I mean, it's difficult. I think I think it's easier to funny enough it's easier to rule out ones that can't win yeah. or you don't fancy much. Um, I think it's a lot easier than putting up those who will win. Um, well, I think I think that's actually the more beneficial thing to do on here is to tell you who can't win because then then you will, you wouldn't have this. Oh, I know, but like the, the the one for me, the other one obviously I've said Stenson and Rose. The other one for me was Webb Simpson. Um, he was excellent. Teaser green. He was first. Strokes gain approach first at the RSM. Um, I think he was was he tenth here on debut, um, which obviously in, a, in an eighteen man field isn't great. But you know, I think I think he had two rounds. He had a sixty eight and a sixty nine. So they were fine. He, he started poorly with a seventy three. Um, if anyone, I think he's the type of person that will just apply the same amount of effort to every tournament he ever plays. He just strikes me as the type of person. Don't think he'd bother leaving his family behind if he didn't think he could win the golf tournament. So I like Webb Simpson just because he's striking the ball so well. Would have would have won that event even though Gooch played so well. He literally would have won that of any sort of putting stroke. So I like that twenty to one. The one that I was really kind of frightened about was Burns because I think that yeah, despite the fact he doesn't need to win, despite the fact he's he's done everything he needs to this season, like. He will relish the chance to go right. Well, I'm one of the better players in the world now, and I've gone toe to toe with or Justin Thomas, Rory on the final day on a Sunday. Like that's right up his alleyway. So if I was if I was to force in a fourth bet or get rid of one of the long shots, it would be Burns. But yeah, I just like you say, if I had one person to pick, no odds involved. It would be Morikawa. I love just taking the outsiders and Rose and Stenson, and I took Simpson from the middle of the back because of the approach and Teeds Green. I think we've covered all the people without. Meaning to cover everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sam Burns is the is the improver, isn't he? Yeah. That that that's the key. I think we pretty much know where we are uh, with a lot of these. Hovland maybe hasn't reached ceiling. Nor is Morikawa. No. Um, and, and which is frightening, um, by the way, if Morikawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got Burns. Um, and I'd say that we pretty much know what the peak of everybody else is, which is obviously top grade. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Um, so I don't see the Sister Shambo's track. Um, that they, they purposely, obviously, I think, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see when, when DeChambeau misses it, what he does on his short game, because that's gone as usual. Um, uh, I just, you know, I, I, I'm happy for him he doesn't take place in, you know, his next course isn't like the Phoenix or something like that, his <laughs> next tournament, because he's just going to have the crowd baying at him. Um so yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I'm happy with with the one play. 
Um, and I'll, I'll just enjoy it if I can be bothered to watch it, to be honest with you. I'd be interested to see, so they've got Sam Burns and Scheffler evens against one another in a 72-hour match. I'd probably take Burns on just to take Burns against Scheffler. Sorry, it's not oh. much a phrase that because because I do like Scheffler, uh, do like Burns. I do think he's a better player at the moment. Um, whether, you know, Scheffler's got more upside than Burns. Can he do exactly what Burns has done? Obviously. Um, but... A bit worrying, isn't it? Well, I've not though, seen it, have we? Place. So as, as much as as much as we're backing on potential, every single player in this field, barring Scheffler, has shown what they can do, haven't they? You know, they're all winners or major winners of, of some description. Um, you know, even Fitzpatrick, you know, he hasn't won on the PJ Tour, but he's won plenty on the European Tour, plenty enough to show what he's got. Answer was one that had question marks over him. He's got his, he's got his win at WGC. Fina's won a playoff event. Xander does what he does. All the others are majors or major winners to be and then you've kind of got Sheffield that we don't know quite what his upside is we know what we think his upside is but we've not even had a glimpse of that proof yet you know still got just the corn ferry wins to go by for his last bit of evidence of winning form and and that's not to dog on him I just I just think that you know as as I've said recently any, any time you're in contention you learn something um it's just how long it's going to take him to to figure it out have we got another Tony Fino on our hands with Scotty Scheffler? Because he's yeah. he's got all the talent in the world, Tony Fino, and he's still even with that yeah, win in the playoffs, sure. he's he's disappointed, 100%. isn't he? So hundred percent. Yeah, we've covered it. Job done. That's it. That is done for the Hero World Challenge. So I am gonna just summarise my picks there. Uh Webb Simpson at twenty to one, Justin Rose at well he's coming in dangerously now, twenty eight to one. And Henry Stenson's 66 to 1. We might as well just take him at 100 to 1 of the exchange. And you're going with Justin Rose at 11 to 8, was it, for a top 10? Yep. So that... Top half. Top half of the field. Yeah, absolutely. He won't, he won't, I don't think he'll give up. No. Whereas I think some of these might and just plod around and just take the holiday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what half of it is, really, this event. I think it's the wrong price. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think anything over even money is, is very wrong. Yep. I agree with that. Golf fans, it might be the end of the season, but we've still got the holidays to look forward to, and there are stockings to be filled and elves to be cuffed. Today's sponsor, Manscaped, have gone global with the tools to guarantee that you score both under the tree and under the mistletoe. Manscaped is the leader in men's blow the waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. Now, my maths isn't the best, but that means they've at least served almost 8 million balls. And you too can join in with Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping worldwide with our exclusive code LFW20. That's 20% off site-wide and free delivery using code LFW20. Now personally, with that code, near the Christmas times, I'd be looking for gifts for loved ones and I can personally recommend the best-selling performance package 4.0. This includes the Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, the Weed Whacker to trim down those pesky ears and nose hairs and all the grooming tools that you can need. These include the Crop Preserver, the Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant that is hygienic, great smelling and pleasant for your skin and the Crop Reviver which you use to tone your balls post-shave. To top it off, you have an excellent shed travel bag to house all these wonderful gifts 
and the anti-chafing Manscaped boxers that your dad, brother or significant other will feel wonderful in post-shave. Now this package is not suitable for your needs, why not look at Manscaped's signature cologne, the luxury four-piece nail trimming kit or the crop mops as perfect stocking fillers this Christmas. Whatever you choose folks, use the code LFW20 for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. African Open, which is now uh, only a Sunshine Tour event, unfortunately. Um, Wax out the purse. Um, what is it now? It's only the $500,000 prize fund. Um, so it's not a lot yeah, to pay would, for. Would, sorry, mate. Would, would uh, Bez have turned up, um, do you think, if this had been just a Sunshine Tour event, despite the fact he's defending and it's his home open? Uh, I don't know, mate, because because even last year when he won it, it was co-sanctioned, wasn't it? So, it was co-sanctioned, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think if it was only a Sunshine Tour event, probably not, if he'd have known that before he was already committed. Maybe that's not giving him enough credit, but, you know, you, you just don't know, do you? But okay. it, I, I don't think so. I think, cause I think he's here now because he's committed and he wouldn't go back on his word. Um, but, but we'll never know, will we? But Christian Bezwienhouse, 6-1, to one, Dean Burmeister, 10-1. to one. Dylan Fratelli, 12 to 1, Gary Kigo, 14 to 1, and Sean Norris and Johannes Beerman, 16 to 1. Um, not a lot to get excited about at the top of the market, is there? No, there's different gear. Um, loves it here. Um, horrible rough around this course, the uh, Gary player. Um, doesn't matter about his driving because he's just so good tee to green. Uh, brilliant short game, miles better than. Um, you know, the likes of Burmester. Fratelli's never won in South Africa and got destroyed by Bez um, last year. Um, quite right favourite. Would I back him at five and six? No, absolutely not. As we've discussed before, would we be happy to watch him win? Yeah, because I think he's a fantastic watch. I think he's awesome. Um, and this is bang up his street. The harder it is, the better he'll go. That's it. I think, yeah. I think, it, I think he'll probably win, but I mean, he's, he's not, it's not, that's nothing clever. Um, oh, I'd, I'd happily oppose him. I've got to be honest. I don't. I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. he's playing as well as he. Well, he's definitely not playing as well as he was last year, is he? Um, no, but but do I think he'll win? Yes, I do. But do I, would I back him? No. Would I put him up? No. But no. do I think he'll win? Yes. Yeah. Uh, see, see, if I had one pick to win, I'd without any prices available, I'd probably take Norris. I think that. Yes, yeah, I think that you know much more match fit than a lot of these, much more motivated than a lot of these. Um, but I think Justin Harden at 25 is, is decent enough value considering the field. Um, I've got a couple of names. Just what I scribbled down earlier. I wasn't too involved in this, but JC Ritchie has got a sixth and an eighth uh, in his last two starts. You can probably put a bit of an asterisk next to the, the eighth, obviously, through 36 holes. But he's got seventh, a fourth, and two fifths here on the course. He's 35 to one. Uh, Oliver Becker is 55 to 1. He's actually won on this golf course and 8th and 20th recently. And then 20th and 7th, his last two starts currently. Um, and then Xander Lombard was the, the 54 hole leader here at Nedbank a few years ago. Uh, finished 8th after a pretty poor final round. He was 2nd in inverted commas last week. Um, 24th in Dubai when he was 6th after round 1. He was 26th in, uh, in Mallorca as well. I think it was. Again, got off to a really fast start. So I think that him at 35 to 1 is another one. And then I think there's a couple sort of down uh, uh, later on. Oki Strydum, 
Uh, I absolutely know nothing about. If I saw him in the street, I wouldn't be allowed to say hello. I wouldn't be able to say hello to him because I wouldn't know it was him. Um, but he's got some fantastic course form. Uh, let me just bring that up here on tour tips because I did have it written down, but I can't read my writing. Uh, he's got a third, a fifth, a second, and another fifth on this golf course, Oki Striden. Um, and just finding his current form as well. 5th, 21st, 19th, and 12th. So again, maybe in lower grade, but this is lower grade tournaments. So he was my kind of outsider, if you like, Oki Striden. I think he was kind of 60s or 80s to 1. 70 to 1 with Skybet, 6 places. 66 to 1 with 7 places, you might as well take that. But one other one, Henny Duplessis, I thought was is, is an obvious form, but short enough considering what he was last week. And then you just got a plethora of people that you can take at 100 odd to 1 plus that you wouldn't really... I mean, what what do you think is the formula to win at Gary Players Golf Club, Country Club? You've got to be accurate. You've got to go, give yourself a chance to get on the greens. You've got to go from the fairway. I'm a mate. I mean, we, I continue to say I don't know how Wilco um, nine over continues to to show. I mean, it's only his class that continues to get him through to top ten finishes around these sorts of courses. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't believe that he'll that the way he plays that he's he's got the game to win around this sort of course. So um, I, I would always oppose him. Um, look, there were a few that caught the eye last week. There were thought that were crap last week, but I'll say if you put a line through it, you know, I, I, I'm not going to back him this week, which is dangerous. I'm going to go very, very light this week. Yeah. Um, but Jaden Schaefer, for example, if you fancy him last week, yeah, um, you basically put in uh, Bez. That's what you put in. Um, Schaefer was performing extremely well in terms of accuracy off the tee. I know he does have that sort of snap hook. Um, that creeps in but he's got unlimited potential there's a lot of these that are so exposed it's just you know they've been playing for years and years and years you know what they're going to do Shaper isn't you know um, I agree with you about Norris but 16s is, is short yeah, enough yeah exactly that um, so Shaper is, is one that I'd be interested in I think Darren Fickhart um, for a top 10 or something like that he's got plenty of form in, in good tournaments one Joe Berg ran different course to, to last week's in 2017. Uh, when he won his own tour championship, he beat Burmester and, and Harding. Tied second at Qatar in 2021 and led to the final day. Did Hasn't been playing as bad as his figures suggest. No. Round here, he was 11th last year, opening 74-73. He's got top 10s at the Ned Bank. I know they're limited field, but it's still a much, much better field. Um so I, I can't believe he's 55 and somebody like non-winner Allers, who I put up last week as first round, he was 50s. Louis de Jager, who never wins his 50s. Um, I, I'm amazed. JC Richie's 35s. I know you like him. Um, I don't know if you saw his holding one last week. No. 21 yard holding one. He won the uh, yellow BMW. That's fucking hundreds of thousands. Lovely. Um, so I, 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 he looked like he couldn't believe it. But I'm just amazed that Fickard is that price, which means that you can get Knight to a top 10 about him. Um, if it does become difficult, I quite like his chances uh, of being right there. So he's one I, I might have a, a small bit on. Um, I was looking through the driving accuracy and greens in regulation figures for just the uh, South African tour, and I know yeah. that generally it's an easier tour than, uh, than this tournament will be. But 
Addison De Silva, I can't believe I'm saying this. Addison <laughs> De Silva um, as a throwaway, 17 to 2, top 10. Third in driving, actually, eighth in greens. Um, 43rd in scrambling, which isn't that bad here. 37th in pattern average, 30th in par fours. I thought he might do something at somewhere. I mean, we've been watching golf for years, and every so often, you know, he gets on the telly. Um, it's nothing exciting. The one I will point out, who I, I don't think he'll win, I don't think he'll even contend, to be honest with you, but he's one that we have to watch out for. I mentioned him last year around about this time, but Christian Mass. Christian Mass is the future of um, South African golf, along with Casey Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis won the South African Amateur last year. Christian Mass has been winning everything at South Africa this year on the amateur on the amateur circuit. Um, he's been beating Casey Jarvis virtually all the time. Uh, he won the uh, South, as I say, he won the South African Amateur this year. Um, if we remember, Thriston Lawrence actually won that twice. Yeah, it was a few years ago, twice in a row. Previous winners of the South African Amateur, uh, Wilco Nyanaber. Um, go back far enough. You've got Ernie Els, um, Brandon Stone was second here. Um, Christian Mass this year has just gone mad. Um, in 17 events on the amateur circuit, he's won six, five seconds, three uh, top tens. That's 14 top tens in 17. He's six foot. Uh, Nico Van Rensburg, if you remember Nico Van Rensburg, anybody? Um, what was a, a just a South African tour player? But he said, uh, I mean, his, his view is respected, despite the fact the lack of um, top-class form. But he says that um, uh, Christian Mass is the first golfer he's seen that is in Ernie Earl's calibre with his short game. If you read uh, uh, just a little bio of Christian Mass, they ask him what his uh, qualities are, and he says it's his short game as well. That can't go wrong here. He's the future. He's... Him and Jarvis are going to be absolutely huge when they turn professional. So they're, they're somebody that I'm really, really looking with. It might be six years' time because that's how long it took Tristan Lawrence to do his job. Mm. But I'm absolutely convinced that these two are, are... I said it last year, and I am still remain convinced these are the future of South African golf, and they're going to be huge. Um, but I think you make said, an interesting point there, mate, because... You know, you've just said that they're going to be the future of South African golf, right? And and that's what the reports will be as well, like in local papers and and golf coverage, etc. And when you're 18 years of age, like it's the same with football. Like if that doesn't happen in three years, you're suddenly forgotten about. And then, as you said, it could be six years. They're 24 years of age, and people have already written them off. Like it's like people like Curtis Luck. I mean, I don't know if Curtis Luck will ever yeah. amount to anything, but he's written off already. No one talks about him. Like he's he's not even thought about, and he was meant to be like this this generational Australian yeah. player. Like, yeah, I find it quite interesting that people are so quick. And I've done it, I, you know. It's not like I've, I've I've not done it myself, but we're so quick to write off players, and we're now seeing people peak at bloody forty eight years of age. Uh, hello, Richard Bland. But you know, it, we don't want to be waiting that long. But you get to like mid twenty, like okay, Tristan Orange. You know, it, it was thirty six holes, but. Like you say, that was promised for a little while in, in his younger years and given up on. Like As soon as Nine Aber and Higo came along, no one else was sort of thought about in South Africa. Like Casey Jarvis hasn't even spoken about as much as he was a year ago. Because no, but he, he, yeah, he needs he, to be kept in mind. He will, yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. But because Higo and Nine Aber are doing it, it's just like, it's just forgotten about. It's so quick. Like Jaden Schaefer was the talk of last year or the start of this year. 
Um, and it's interesting you mentioned Schaefer because I remember you went straight back to the well with with Seamus Power, didn't you? After he missed his first cut in a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he played really, really well. And I think I think that's a, a something that you know Shaper missed the cut and missed it quite handily last week. But it was such an interrupted event, like it was such a nothing event. It'd be interesting to see as well. Daniel Van Tonder's the same sort of price. Obviously, we're on this golf course. I know prototypically he's, he's a long driver of the ball and maybe short games a bit suspect at times, but he's class, isn't he? So it'd be interesting to see how he got on as a as a forty five, nearly fifty to one shot. Um, one other name which makes me shudder when I say it because he's been around for so long to what people have been exposed. But JB Kruger's obviously been uh, been around for a long time. He plays very very well here. Um, I couldn't bring myself to back him because I've seen him play enough golf and even at his best he was fifth, eighth, and third here. So um, nothing to get too excited about. But I just think it's going to be one of those weeks. Like I just think it's going to be a bunch of two hundred to one shots just fine out and maybe bears and. You know Norris and that are in the top eight or whatever, and it just sort of meanders to nothing. But it would be interesting if you say like a Casey Jarvis just came and made his his sort of coming out party, like Christian Mass came and had a really big week. Yeah, um, Luke Brown's another one. Sorry, Luke yes, Brown's mate. another one that, that tight. Yeah, I mean that ties in ties in with these sorts of um, uh, youngsters, if you like, that we're thinking of, and he tie he ties in. If I can actually get it up, because I've now lost. <laughs> just fill in for a while while I find well it. the other the other winner of the the other person I was going to talk about the other winner on this or the most recent winner on this golf course is Lyle Rowe. Now I don't yes. I don't know an awful lot about Lyle Rowe. Um and he's he's thirty four years of age already. But he was the last person to win back in uh back in October at the blue label challenge. Um whether that's anything to kind of look out for that week, um I don't know. You know, any any form on, on a course is, I guess, a positive. You know, it probably plays differently. It's a different style of event. I think that was match play that week. Um, but like you say, you know, Rocky Striden was up there. Um, Jane Shaver was up there. It's a, it's a different type of thing. And I think Luke Brown played well in that as well. In 1998, he was born in Luke Brown. And I know that because I'm looking at him in the world rankings. And it has it yeah. in brackets, which is really helpful. Um, but yeah, are you, are you ready to go back on your Luke Brown point? No, I've not. I've lost it completely. <laughs> but it's still with Brown and uh, and and, ja- and um, uh, Jane Trey Shaper and uh, Christian Massa there or thereabouts just behind him. Yeah. Uh, like I say, I don't expect them to to be challenging at all. But, but there's certainly what you know. We know what South African golf is. Um, and but... yeah, look, you can be in danger. How many times have we said about about these great players? And you know, you look at it and and you go back to all right. Let's say. Doug Gim's uh, college year, for example, mm. stunning. You know, you go through Walker Cup teams and you go, 10 of these have won tournaments. What's happened to the other two? Norman Jong, for example, where's he? He was thought to be yeah. you know, the great hope. Um, it happens, but but I just think the fact that, that um, Casey Jarvis and, and Christian Mass, or Chris Mass, as, uh, <laughs> his parents must have known. Right, yeah. They knew what they were doing, yeah. They must have known. Born in September, um, by the way, because we did check that before we came yeah, on. Yeah, we hoped it December. <laughs> um, he, uh, they've done it. They've done it progressively for the last few years, and and I genuinely think they are, they are, got one of them has to be, um, they're going to be the best in South Africa at some point. And I think I think the main thing is unlike last week where. 
I didn't think you needed to take an outsider because there was decent amounts of well, I'm saying outsider. You didn't need to take a, a real long shot in the in the hundreds or two hundreds just because they got a bit of potential. Like because there were so many decent European tour players on there or, or emerging challenge tour players, etc. But this week we're back to just a weaker field again. Back to Sunshine Tour standard fields. I know you've got the three, four big names there, but generally speaking, it's made up of Sunshine Tour players. So the likes of Casey Jarvis and not to keep beating around his name but there's no real reason why they can't at least top 10 like, I think that might be the way to play them like just go top 10 top 20s on these kind of you know higher potential players and and just go that way rather than trying to find an outright bet in what will probably be a bit of a minefield event I mean the, the event next week has been cancelled that's over um, South Africa is is in a mess whether they uh, whether it's claimed whether they want to, you know, take the responsibility of, of being the ones that started it or not, or, you know, no one oh. knows whether it started or not. It's, it's not our thing to thing, is it? But the country is in a mess, and the and the players and agents and that don't know whether they're coming and going. That's yeah. that's the worry, you know. These are, these golfers won't even know if they get dragged off the golf course halfway through again. I don't think no. they will because they're South African based, most of them. But if Wiedenhout's got to get back to wherever it is that he's based. I don't even know if he's based in South Africa, but if these guys have got to make decisions, like Dylan Fratelli's got to get back to America to get back to Texas, he's not going to muck about. He's just going to leave. Like, it's still so up in the air, and it's why I've not... I'm not saying I've not paid attention to it. I've picked the people I've picked and, and that sort of thing, but I do just think it's a little bit of a minefield. Like, the, the South African events are hard enough as it is coming towards the end of the year, and then you start adding all these variables in it's, it's really hard to get too excited about the event itself other than to look out for these 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 names that we want to see at the top of the leaderboard yeah just another quick one uh mass was it will obviously be a shortened course it'll obviously flag to be easier but he was second in the ned bank junior here just a couple of months ago yeah um it, it, that means nothing um other than the fact that you know he knows where he's going um you know, obviously it's going to play, you know, probably another 1,800 yards longer. But, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. He's, a, he's, a, he's, you know, he's one to look out for, and that's that's all we need, really. Yep. I'm going to summarise my picks on it. JC Ritchie at 33 to 1. Ola Xander Lombard, 35 to 1. Oliver Becker, 55 to 1. And Oki Strider at 70 to 1. Uh, for you, Jason? They're extremely small. Fickard, top 10. Yep. Addison De Silva, top 10, even smaller. Um, and just watching, um, see what uh, Chris Mass does, and lay Fratelli because he's never won at home, and that's pretty much about it. I'm, I'm interested, but I'm not going to kill myself to to get involved or watch it, to be honest. No, it do, it does definitely. It feels like a definitive end of the golfing year now. Um, we spoke before Shame. we came on. It is, and and, and we well that that's the thing. We should be right in the middle of you know we, we should be recapping a really good event from last week where someone's broken through or a home favourite's won it or whatever and we're going on to a, to an increased field this week and then again the week after but it isn't the case and, and that's taken out of our hands and all of a sudden it looks like we're going to have a you know a few weeks layoff so it's uh, in, enjoy the golf that we have got for now um, keep an eye out in both events I don't know I can't remember the time difference of Bahamas I'm assuming we're going to have to get up or stay up for a ridiculous late amount of time if we want to watch it live you can but um, yeah, I mean, I don't need to, so I'll just watch my bets lose in the morning or whatever happens. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's everything I've got this week. Is there anything else you wanted to add? 
Uh, I, I do love a fig roll. Do you? Yeah, I finished off the pack earlier. Oh, Before we came on the podcast, I had about, nobody likes them. I had about 12. There's a woman in my office that bought... She, she bought biscuits for people, and one of the packs she bought in was fig rolls. And I said, did Nothing. you seriously think that any other individual in this office, out of the eight of us, was going to eat those fig rolls? And I was made to look stupid because two other people did eat them, but they're horrendous. I tried. She likes to get married. <laughs> they're awful fig rolls. They're absolutely terrible. They're not a biscuit, are they? Well, do you know what I mean? Skills. I don't like them. No, well, I, I knew that. Quite you knew that. Bef- you knew that before you brought it up, didn't you? I'm relieved, to be honest. We don't. <laughs> what is the best Dunkin' biscuit? Uh, it's got to be Bourbons, isn't it? I haven't had Bourbons for a while, but it surely has to be Bourbons. Yeah, see, I like a, I like a chocolate digestive. I like a custard cream. Custard creams do go very well in a tea. Yeah, they go very well with tea. Yeah, they're not. Coffee's late, are they? More tea. No, I can't eat a bourbon without tea. It just doesn't. I can't. I can't eat a pack of Maltesers without a cup of tea. Funny enough. Oh really? That's interesting. Yeah, I can drink tea while I'm while I'm eating the Maltesers. So, yeah. so you're not one of those people that you have to. So you actually have to put the Malteser in your mouth and have to wash it down with the tea. You're you're kind of that person. Because well, I, I have almost as you know, I have my chocolate in the freezer. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Maltesers with a cup of tea is that you know juxtaposition of flavours <laughs> it's just I've got someone in my office and what he'll do is he'll shovel all the food in his mouth and yeah. then he'll drink to sort of wash it down and he'll just choke every time like, not, it's not like every now and then it's every time he used to, he used to do it with toast until I, I snapped one day and I was like this is the 787th time that you've eaten toast in front of me he swallowed it at the same time as drinking your tea and choked um, maybe you should stop doing that and he has stopped doing that but <laughs> but but he still does it with biscuits in the afternoon. And it's just like, when are you going to learn that you're... I mean, this guy's not young. He's in his 50s. And he hasn't quite learned how to eat and drink at the same time. Single. Single, yeah. No. No, surprisingly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Um, I can't believe it. I just can't believe that people can't eat and drink at this age. Um, there we go. <laughs> but there's my little rant about biscuit eating. Um Close to uh, close to eating season, actually. You know that, oh, fuck it, it's Christmas, I'll have another one. Uh, that started for me in about September, which wasn't good. Um, so I need to cut out that before uh, before it all comes up on top of me on Christmas. But uh, let's hope we've got a Christmas, because apparently someone said earlier that the anagram of, of the new variant actually spells out no crimbo. So, you know, all these conspiracy theorists will, uh, will find anything to decide this is all fake news. But... Uh, it's not a political show, so we won't go into that. Um, but no, anything else, mate, or are we uh, are we signing off for the week? Ah, uh, we're done, mate. We're done. Yep. Uh, check out your work on Golf WRX this week. A couple of nice stories coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, Tiger will be covered tomorrow, will he? Yeah. Um, what he's just said, but yeah, there's quite a bit, isn't there? Lee Westwood saying that. You know, he still regards himself as a relevant player. Uh, so yeah, that's actually, before we go, hopefully people have got past the, the, the fig roll and the biscuit and choking talk, and we can have another five-minute relevant conversation here about golf. I'm pleased that Westwood thinks he's too good to just give up and go captain, see now. 
But I do wonder when he's going to get that chance to do it again. I know he will. 2025. He'll get it in 2025. That's the... That's the... Best page. Yeah, that would be Poulter. Why would it be Poulter? Poulter versus Mickelson. I no, think. no, no. Westwood would get it. Westwood would get it. Then uh, McDowell gets it in twenty-seven yeah. because he's been given it basically. Yeah. Polter gets it in twenty-nine, um, and then uh, the people will take it over. There's no more Ryder Cup, and it's all based on some other nonsense money-making. Thing. So you think it'll be Donald in in Italy next year? I don't know. Like I said, I said in my piece today, I said, I said, you know, if you look back from two thousand and two. Um, They've all been, you know, it's been quite a shock because, you know, you go back, Sam Torrance back in 2002, and you go through it, Langer, Wisdom, Faldo, Monty, Ollie, McGinley, Dazzler, Bjorn, and Pod. They've all been fairly obvious, and nobody's ever really turned it down. Yeah. Uh, they've all regarded it as an honour. They've all, you know, when they've discussed it two years before, it's all been, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be that. And the Westwood's the first one to say, you know, piss off, I'm, I'm still relevant. I want yeah. to still play. Now, if he doesn't make next year's, then I think he obviously he's a he's a or oh, 2023. Sorry, he's an absolute not for 2025. Yeah. Um, because when's he going to get it? They've already given it to McDowell for 27 in Ireland. That's obvious. Um, so when does he get it? Um, yeah. So and then, and then obviously after that you've probably got the likes of Stenson coming in. Um, well, there's going to be someone. In 2032. There's going to be someone, isn't there? Quite high profile. That's going to have to miss out. Like one of the Stensons, the Roses are going to miss out because Garcia is never going to miss out. Poulter is never going to miss out. Westwood's never going to miss out. Donald's going to get one, probably this one. G Mac's been given a dare manner, I'd have thought. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, it, they they kind of bunch together towards the end. You've got Sergio, Stenson, Rose all needing to be dealt with in, in a that short space. It makes, I suppose it makes sense. You know, it had, you know, lessen the defeat, I suppose. Hmm. The amount we defeat by. Um, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it was just interesting to see him turn it down rather than sort of embrace it and go, yeah, you know, I'll do it. He says he thinks it's a full-time job and, and he doesn't want to do it because he thinks he's relevant. And if you look, he was second at uh, Bay Hill and second at the Players last year. Yeah. You know, he won the race of Dubai the year before, could have won um, the DP Worlds. Um He's right. He is. He no, is. I, think, I, th I think he's got a right to say it, and and it has, it has meant putting careers on hold. The only thing I would say is that Harrington managed to get the playing balance good enough. I would say. I mean, I know West was. It's a killer. I mean, he looked abysmal, didn't? He? I mean, he looked awful. Yeah. You know, as we were getting thrashed, he looked shocking. Yeah, he still played. Yeah. But is playing to. The standard. I mean, maybe is it wasn't exactly we thought that that, that Pod could contend at anywhere. You know, I don't remember thinking the year before Pod. You know, as he took it and he was working towards it, I don't ever remember thinking he can be top ten in the Masters. No. Uh, no. Whereas I do still think you can say Westwood can be top ten in the Masters. He can be top ten in. So that's in, in that's the difference, isn't it? That, yeah, courses that. That demand accuracy. So the thing, I, the thing I thought about was that there's this basic assumption that Donald will just take it, and I'm assuming he will. Um, yeah, because he's it he doesn't matter. He can't play. He's, he's, he's not. A well, he, he is, but no, he's, he's come. Not. No, I mean he is. He is 
a different player now, as in that he's not a contender. But he's slowly working his way back to a little bit of form. He's got a young family based in America, and he's going to have to spend an awful lot of time in Europe to, to, to track the players. Now, I think he'll just take it because he knows he's never going to get it again if he doesn't take it this time because of the people that are coming up. So I assume he will take it, and it's quite a big honour. And like you say, he's, I don't. Th- I think if he thinks he's going to come back at any point, he can probably still got time inside. He can come back in three or four years' time, so it doesn't really matter. But I think the game has passed him by for the most part. But it's just interesting that he is slowly rounding into a little bit of form again. Um, young family does. Is it probably a really bad time to take? I think it is, but I guess he takes it. I, I, I guess he does. Um, if he says no, then where do they go from there? Stenson. Probably. Yeah. Stenson would be great. But, I mean, you know, again, he, he might think... You know, and to be fair, there have been sparks, haven't there? Yep. Uh, he might think he can still win golf tournaments and this will take too much away. But I, I, I hope he thinks that this week. I think it'd be fantastic. I think he mixes humour with, um, you know, a desire to win. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be good, but I mean, I don't think we've got any chance of Beth Page. But you know, that's you know, it's just about. I I, I think it's a, a a really bad one to take for anybody, to be honest, because you know, if they're going to be honest, they they're not going to think we can win. If they're going to be absolutely honest, well, I don't I don't, th- I don't think we can win the next three Ryder Cups. Oh, we can win. We can win um, a dare easily. Yeah, maybe. But again, I think Tunnel will just take over. You, you think it, it all depends? It all depends, you know, how. I mean, we're looking now, looking at the Hogarth progressing. We're looking at, um, you know, that type of player. We're looking potentially at people like Matty Schmidt progressing. That you know, we we're talking six years. Yeah, it's, it's, a, long it's time. a long time. To, to uh, so that's that's what we're there. We're talking about those sorts of players, um, and I think that's the one. But yeah, I, I think you're on a hiding to nothing if you take if you take Beth Page on and. Maybe Poulter is the one, because. Uh, well, I just, I just, all I think of with Beth Page is that it's Mickelson is a certainty. I think for that, and it's all the New York crowds. They all get rowdy. They all give it shit, and Poulter's the best to go against. So maybe it's just, maybe it's just a lot yeah. of narrative yeah, yeah, speaking. Yeah. But I think he's perfect for an away Ryder Cup, and I think that the Westwoods and the Donalds are better for a home one. Um, but I don't know. It's all we don't make the decisions, mate, do we? So it's. it's kind of a moot point but yeah it'd be but interesting to see who takes it one, it's, there's two pigs on a golf course as well two pigs on a golf course there's a story yeah, to go and read about one of the stories this week as well yeah two pigs on a golf course in Yorkshire there you go what more do you want from a respected golfing publication than that and on that note we're going to end the Lost and Words podcast this week oh or are we no go on, go on mate go on. <laughs> no go on you're going to add something else no, no, no. I, I was going to say um, about Lee Elder. Yes. Who, um, yeah, that's worth reading about if nobody knows about him. He was yes, the first black player. That's obviously a, a lot more serious. And, uh, huge, yeah, huge inspiration to Tiger, etc., 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 etc. It's all there anyway. There's loads of people that have covered it as a vibe. But um, yeah, he um, huge. Yeah, what he did. I mean, at the end of the day, who knows? You know where Tiger would have been, and, and given that the talk about Tiger doing that just uh, two days or one day, sorry, after uh, the elder has died is quite relevant, I think. Yeah. And quite uh, apt. I know there was a, there was a, there was a, 
upset that it took so long for them to offer him the the honorary tee shot and he wasn't even physically able to uh, to take it in the end was he and it, it's, yeah. it's yeah. you know but the main the main takeaway from it is is, is what he's done you know he, he he mapped out the future um you know for for you know people of color in golf and and that's a, a massive thing and you know, you're going to see a lot of good stories on it over the week. Obviously, yours included as well. Harold Vaughan has come out and spoke about it. Tiger Woods will be coming out and speaking about it as well. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, first black golfer to play at Masters, and he was uh, 87 years of age and unfortunately passed away. Uh, is it today or yesterday? So um, Sunday. Sunday. So, yes, it's uh, there's lots of good stuff out there, and you've put a great article together as well. So um, that will surely wrap it up for this week. Um, two two tough tournaments to follow, but uh, we've given you some information nonetheless. Thank you very much. But if Jason. you are struggling, oh, just quickly, if you are struggling to watch <laughs> it, get yourself a pack of pick rolls, pack of Maltesers, cup of tea. Enjoy. There we go.